0: Ready?
1: We're no on re- okay,
0: lovely. Uh, so, hello, Aaron. Uh, We're come to In3 Talks. Welcome. So, we are In3 Talks 21. Uh, it's been quite some time, uh, over two months. So, how about you give us in a couple of minutes uh, just to let us know what you have been up to, uh, how uh, how is In3 going, and if you've opened up your doors and so on. Just give so, us a high
1: level preview. So we are, our doors are open, limited capacity, um, we're still hosting small events, uh, uh, information is available at m3dc.com, which talks about the changes that we've made um, because of COVID, um, links to what our new pricing is, um, links to the reduced capacity for our uh, space and also for events all the information has been updated on the website. Um, we have support here on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, we do have, we do support drop-ins, but the other days, um, Tuesdays and Thursday, are for, um, premium desk holders who are badged and office holders who are also badged. So that's what's going on with the IN3. We're still working on, um, uh, <laughs> we're still working on raising, uh, we're still working on funding opportunities to continue to run some programming in the last quarter of the year, and that's going well. We are, for the Futures Written in Code, we are still pushing out weekly by weekly content on the YouTube channel and also on our blog post channel, and we'll, look, we'll include the links in the, with the podcast for that. Um, what else? Uh, what else? Um, I think... That the it? Was a, yeah, the, uh,
0: didn't you just conclude also a class with future Written in Code?
1: We we covered all that in the last podcast. Since the last, Mm. we we haven't done any more programming. We did with Jennifer. We've been been focused on um, on mostly generating technical content, so training videos and uh, technical blog posts. Actually, we are going to be hosting another um, meetup uh, next week, Monday, um, which will cover basically it's like an in-person version of a lot of the video content we've posted over the last month or two. We'll be going over it in person as part of, um, under Features Written in Code in combination with Clearly Innovative and our DC meetup group.
0: Beautiful. So, you know, since the the last time we talked, it's been a month and a half or so, was in the midst of the summer, the Black Lives Matter issues. Mm. Um, So what do you think has really happened uh, since this whole movement of the Black Lives Matters tech ecosystem investment and so on.
1: I mean, I think we've seen um, the traditional legacy legacy organizations receive some funding, um, which was, I, I think, expected. It's, it's, for lack of a better word, it's kind of like the knee-jerk reaction. Is you know, let's write a check to the legacy organizations. Um, I think there has been some movement um, with the financial institutions. There's been a fair bit of press talking about. Um, money getting pushed into some of these black owned banks to try to get more capital into the communities. There's been a lot of talk around, um, you know, what are they calling them? These like internship or apprenticeship programs for people of color at venture capital firms and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, there's been talk about, Oh, of course, there's definitely been money pushed to HBCUs because that's kind of the other traditional, you know, let's give money to black organizations, let's give money to HBCUs all done check the box right mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's about but to but my you know honestly my opinion since this is in three talks like you simply mm-hmm. aren't going to get lasting change by doing the same thing that you've been doing mm-hmm. but, like in the past like these are this is business as usual right mm-hmm. and if we're really looking for some sort of like drastic change you know to really move the needle it's like let's start doing something new and different and, you know, that's the stuff that you'll ask people and they'll say, oh, you need to be patient. It'll take some time, right? You know, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. I mean, you've seen some, like I said, you've seen some announcers from some of these big banks and, you know, other organizations. But it's like, you know, time will tell. It'll be interesting to see where we are a year from now. Because, yeah. I, honestly, I'm not impressed yet. I mean, mm. to be honest, I'm not impressed
0: so well agreed, you know, and, and it's just funny because uh, luckily one of the things that you have done in this month uh, newsletter is highlight the contribution of the companies in diversity, mm. uh, and so you have the Microsofts and the, the Accentures and so on that have uh, been investing like you said, in the HBCU and the legacy organizations. But if you had to say, hey, uh, all of you were like listening into entry 3 talks, what would you say to that they should do differently? As you said, because the sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And so, but this time around, they have a chance to hear from a person like you who's been building the ecosystem, who's been investing your, not just, I mean, your time, your resources as well into entrepreneurs. So if they had to hear you in like, right now and say hey Aaron, what can we do differently what would it be
1: i would say you have to start investing in the ecosystem right mm-hmm. you're not in you still don't get it right mm-hmm. <laughs> most of these programs, look. so let me change this there's a gap right so mm-hmm. investing in hbcus you can address one level of it but but not all black people go to hbcus right let's start there well, first a lot of black people don't go to HBCUs, that's one. And two, there's a lot of folks who just simply don't go to college who need help too. Mm-hmm.
0: Right?
1: So just investing in HBCUs, you're missing a whole bunch of black people, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where we come to kind of the work we do, which is a focus on the ecosystem, right? So we're providing program service and support to support black and brown and under-resourced entrepreneurs in the community, not at a university, not at a college, not at a high school, just in the community. This is programming that's accessible to anyone. Um, Which then, what we believe, cultivates and supports high-potential entrepreneurs, technologists, and creatives. Now, that's the gap. What's happening is so you have the HBCUs getting funded, you have some youth programming getting funded, but then the gap, which is where we play, we don't get funded. But then you want to fund the founders that come out the other side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the idea is, if your shit's good, we'll pay, we'll support you. If you're not, figure it out. And when you figure mm-hmm. it out, we'll give you some money. Oh, there's not enough black people to support because there's not enough of you to figure it out.
0: Mm-hmm. But we're
1: not going to invest money into helping you get to the next level. That's the gap. That's the ecosystem. And there's just simply not enough investments going into ecosystems.
0: Yeah, one of the other things that you're, you're talking about as well is the upskilling. Can you talk about that? Because yeah, I know I mean, we had a couple so, meetings about that.
1: So, so the Google initiative is an interesting initiative, right? Mm-hmm. So they've kind of moved a bunch of the certificate training stuff online. I think it's free, actually. Mm-hmm. And you can go through the certificate training and past certificate and get this, like, piece of paper that says they're qualified in all these Google technologies, right? So... Once again, it's it's the outcomes are what matters, right? So, what percent of people are taking these courses, and then what percent of people are actually getting jobs after they take these courses? Mm.
0: Right?
1: So, you can get a at a boy for putting the courses and the contents out, right? Mm. But if you're not hiring the people, it doesn't matter anyway,
0: right. right?
1: Right. So, case in point, how many years have we pumped dollars into Hour of Code?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: how many years have we pumped dollars into all these summer programs for black and brown mm-hmm. folks but the numbers simply haven't budged yet at any of these tech companies yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. but what, what how can these companies get the pipeline of black skilled folks right
1: because it's junior, beyond, they're, mid-level? A, they're they're only addressing part of the problem mm-hmm. right there's socioeconomic issues that need to be addressed and changed within these organizations to create environments for underrepresented folks to survive and to thrive Mm -hmm. and to grow and to want to stay.
0: So it's the corporate culture then that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, they're, they're doing, they're doing bits and pieces of it, but Mm -hmm. uh, if we use their same pipeline analogy, you know, so I'm, so you've given me access to appropriate training, so I'm skilled. Mm-hmm. But if your interview process is biased, if the people interviewing me are biased, if your organization doesn't have programs to support people who don't fit your pattern, it doesn't matter that I'm qualified. Mm-hmm. Because A, if I get in, I'm not going to like it. The people around me aren't going to want me there. It's just like there's other issues that need, you need to push further along. And this should be abundantly clear after the last four or five years of little to no change in the numbers of the reports that they're generating themselves. Right. we said it in one of our earlier in three talks, it's like if any product did this bad, it would have been canceled already.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> <Right>? absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have gone even into market, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. it's like- <laughs> By the testing, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's like that same energy and vigor that you would put in these other products to achieve their success, it should be put in this. Let's Google has Alphabet, like they're yeah. spending billions of dollars, right, on ideas that they hope might yeah. pop, right? Yeah. Let's put yeah. let's put diversity and inclusion inside of Alphabet and see what
0: happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm not knocking any yeah. of these companies. I mean. Yeah. It, I'm, I maybe I'll give these people I know you probably don't agree with me, but I'm gonna give these people the benefit of the doubt that it's like, yo, hire some people who are willing to take kind of our earlier conversation, I won't mention names, um mm-hmm. who are willing to take risks to try to change things. Right. Yeah. That's what that's what it comes down to. It's like hiring and staffing and kind of just recycling diversity and inclusion executives to come in and talk about it but kind of not pushing it all the way down through the organization,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. You're just not going to see the change. We'll, we'll be here in enough, another you know couple of years or maybe next summer talking about this all over again. Right. It's just mind boggling that every year the same thing happens. The numbers don't change. They trot out whoever is the new diversity inclusion person. Hey, we're trying really hard. This is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And it's like, but this is what you've been doing every year and it still hasn't changed. Like, when are you going to try something new?
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate because, I mean, uh, we talked about it in terms and you uh, also shared an article with me at some point in terms of, uh, How, uh, because the gamification of everything, right? Uh, The gamification, uh, even the golf thing that you sent me, and I'm kind of going back a little bit in terms of the Ready Player Golf uh, article Mm -hmm. that you sent me. Why I I bring that up is because we're moving on to a different level of tech and and interactivity uh, and where black people are still not found. Mm. And so can you talk a little bit about that in terms of, Yes, so the companies are not there. They don't understand us. They don't understand in terms of how the market penetration or in terms of recruitment, they don't, they don't have it. Um, but then how do you foresee? And I'm having this discussion because I know throughout our in three talks, we talked about this, but this is probably the first time we're actually going in depth about after this whole BLM movement that mm. kind of paralyzed the entire it's, city, it's, right? It's city better than bizarre
1: that even you use the past tense, though, right?
0: Yeah, indeed. After
1: this, like, like it's over.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you know, yeah, absolutely. And I do it purposely it because
1: of. Oh, there goes yes. Black Lives. Oh, there that's, right. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's <laughs> right. Because you know, you don't, you don't see it, uh, feel huh. it, or you don't have the dialogue, right? You may have sporadically an announcement, or oh, a, a black person was was you know assigned or appointed as a CEO. You probably and you know. Uh, Granted, IN3 is trying to highlight the importance of the companies that have done a good deed and gave a couple of million dollars for, uh, you know, underserved or black communities. But realistically, as you were talking, right, again, and I go back to because IN3 is created and established to address that issue, that gap, right? And so I want us to talk a little bit more about IN3 and the the. The whole fact that we're going from virtual reality to towards virtual reality, augmented reality, and where black people are not. Because even you were telling me the Oculus is is an arm and a leg, right? In terms of maintaining it and having it and so on. So, go ahead. If, if
1: you start to look at at where technology is heading and kind of like what the costs are that are associated around the technology, it, it you start to like you say you start to worry about you start to worry about what impact is that going to have on under-resourced folks, right? I don't want to, because I, I don't want anyone listening to say, why do you assume all Black people are broke? I'm not saying that all Black people are mm. broke, right? That's <laughs> so not, not yeah. Right? But you know there's going to be some yeah.
0: yeah. you know? yeah.
1: What I'm saying is there's a large community of under-resourced people, usually <laughs> of color,
0: right? Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so, who, who simply won't have access to a lot of these things. And mm. that should be abundantly clear by what happened when COVID hit. COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, black people don't have internet at home. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess we better fix that, right? Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. Not yes. Like people have been complaining about this for years that this was a problem. For yeah. those who are old enough to remember the term digital divide, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a digital divide. Yeah. We gotta figure yeah. out how we're gonna get these kids Wi Fi access at home so they can do their schoolwork, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, I think what was it? I think it was a talk I did last week where I asked, someone asked me what did I think about COVID, and I said I hate to say it, but in some ways it was probably one of the best things that could happen for these kids that lived in these under-resourced communities because they got to get them internet access now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they, so maybe that's mm-hmm. like the first link that could get them to the next level, right? Unless mm. they're going to go in and say, all right, you don't need it anymore. You're going to rip it all out again. But I mean, once mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's <hope> that one. <laughs> And so that doesn't happen, but at least that's a first step, right? Yeah, yeah. Because now you get to start to address some of the inequality of access to information, resources, training that you couldn't you couldn't pipe into the home before because there simply wasn't internet access, right?
0: Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm.
1: surprisingly that's one of the can I say good things that
0: came out of COVID? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Um, So kind of circling back around around to kind of VR and this type of technology, it's like these are things that... I remember when when I was younger, you know, some folks used to, you know, you'd see these commercials of old people who would say, oh, I don't know how to use my VCR, where's my grandkids or where's my kids, right? Technology is (laughs) everywhere now. And Mm -hmm. we can't be in a place where... Our kids and kids in these communities are just simply aren't technically savvy. Simply don't have access to this technology and where things are going. And I think technology and innovation, like I watched the um, Facebook Connect, the beginning of the keynote that uh, Mark Zuckerberg did about Oculus and where they were going with the technology and VR. And it's like, like they're they're off to the races with this technology. And you know we need to make sure that as many people in society um, have access and opportunity to understand this technology, to contribute to where this technology is going, to make sure that we address the potential blind spots that might exist with the people that are currently working on this technology. Mm -hmm. Like the issues that we had when the facial recognition came out and they realized, oh, we don't see black people the same way.
0: (laughs) Right? Right, right.
1: There's no black people working on the project, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a challenge. Even more recently, the issues we're seeing now that's happening with um, this testing for COVID, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we don't have enough Black people, you know, to test yeah. the virus, I mean, to test the vaccine on, and they're the ones yeah. who are suffering from it, right? Oh, yeah. how are we going to fix <laughs> that? Oh, we've yeah. never really worked with Black people before. They don't trust the medical system. like So all of these other issues that have existed for generations, right, mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. now coming to bear, right? Yeah. Yeah, we need to test this vaccine on a segment of the community that we've just completely ignored. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's uh no, I mean uh, the the forgotten and the uh the the left behind. You know they they, they had this thing of you know kids left behind, but definitely the underserved have been left behind in in many ways.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, the, mm-hmm. an interesting kind of, I don't know, you know words better than me, kind of not, it's not contrast, it's conflict, is that the left behind are the essential.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's kind of like compounding if you think about mm-hmm. it. The
0: mm-hmm. community
1: that has been left behind, ignored, and underserved is also being called the essential now. Mm-hmm. They're okay. the essential workers.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, had the irony of life, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. That's
1: the word. It's just ironic yeah. that you basically mm. using those two words in the same sentence to talk about the same group of people.
0: Yeah, it's um, but you know, so let's just step a, a little bit um on the side on in regards to that and yeah, I'm
1: a little bit philosophical here. Let's
0: yeah, because you know we can we can you and I can talk about the the whole aspect of that for quite some time. So, but there's a few things that should, I know uh, I wanted to th- talk to you about is the small businesses uh small businesses that are and i know we're working on something to uh launch an inclusive innovation level around small businesses and i'm sure uh you would be happy to announce it eventually yeah. um uh, but the the importance of small businesses with covid because it's just following up a little bit about covid and how again it's underserved uh, many people have underrepresented communities of color that have been affected the small business owners. So talk a little bit about that in terms of DC. And I know there without mentioning the business solution that you have yet to announce, uh, some of the, <laughs> some of um, talk a little bit about your concerns and you yourself as a small business, the challenges that you have gone through, uh, within three NCI clearly innovative. So,
1: so the, the, our, our challenge, our well someone said once count your blessings, not your disappointments, right? So I'm gonna mm. count my blessing is Oh that, bless, indeed. Right. We were we were an RA tech enabled company, right? Um so our transition during this COVID was not as hard as it has been for a lot of other small businesses. Um one of the things that we had focused on a lot in our N3 Labs program, you know, which is our tech enabled business boot camp. Was trying to help small businesses recognize the value of tech enabling their company, and there's an assortment of ways that you can tech enable their company. Even a, a minimal, you know, level of technology can add value to your organization. Um, that has become abundantly clear now that COVID is hit, right? And so, what you're finding is, um, for an assortment of reasons, small businesses are just being decimated, um, and they're saying many will never come back. Um, But the ones that are kind of hanging on and, and, you know, basically clawing to survive are realizing they've got to figure out how to leverage technology in their business, Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: specifically have some sort of online presence that can help them generate revenue, help them build their brand, help them build customer relationships. And, you know, that's the sweet spot that, you know, we're kind of trying to lean into with a new product that we're working on, um, which is to kind of help. Um, our definition of small businesses, which are not the, this is something I learned through COVID was that you can have up to 500 employees and still be a small business. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about the small business with like between one to tops, you know, three to five employees. Like what are they doing to, and these are non-technical small business owners that basically don't have a technical resource on their team or in their organization, which is something we've seen through in three labs, a lot of companies coming through for tech enabled businesses, with no technical co-founders, no technical team. So if you start to look at the larger community, and then if you look at, um, I think the statistic I saw earlier of the the percentage of black owned businesses that are sole proprietor is Mm -hmm. astounding. And so then the likelihood that that sole proprietor is tech savvy, Right, you then start to get this really narrow niche of people who probably were ready to make a technical pivot when COVID hit. We're Mm -hmm. trying to say, you know, through IN3, through Clearly Innovative and Technology, what can we do to address the larger market to try to help some of these small businesses not only survive, but then kind of grow? Kind of, I don't want to say hockey stick, but kind of get through this and get to the next level. We don't just want people treading water. And thinking that on the other side, suddenly it's going to be good again. It's like, no, the world has changed. Business has changed and technology is critical to that change. And that's mm-hmm. what we've recognized through the work at IN3. We're trying to move, not trying to, we've worked to move our programming online. We're trying to find more creative ways to address the new reality.
0: Right. The, so in terms of the, the tech enablement side, Right, um, Getting the small businesses, how hard do you think it will be to get these small businesses who have not uh, utilized tech as, as a way to, to, you know, to optimize their businesses or in terms of grow their businesses? And why I say that? Because earlier we were talking about the youth and so on and so forth. But in this in the, because this is probably the first time we are having intergenerational population and the ones that are also largely affected are the older generation. Oh. Uh, and some of them are actually the business owners because they're 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 kind of concerned about tech. So talk a little bit about how uh, how what you how you think that the, that population that segment of the population will be able to e- uh, easily easily and seamlessly in, uh, utilize tech.
1: I I don't well seamlessly and easily. So I don't know about easily. <laughs> but our our goal is what we're what the 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 solution that we're working on is is around um the, a mobile device right so our mm-hmm. the the assumptions that we're that we're making is that um and you know data better than me but we know that in our communities people have mobile phones mm-hmm. so, um the assumption that we're making is that um small business owners live on their phone um A lot of the information that they have and that they need are on their mobile devices. And so how can we empower them to get the most value that they can out of the device that they're most comfortable with, which is their phone? Um, We know also that a lot of folks sitting at home, even though they have a laptop or computer next to them, they still spend a lot of time ordering things, buying things, you know, just basically utilizing their phone. And so we're trying to um, empower small business owners to get online and leverage a tool that they're most comfortable with, which is their phone.
0: Mm, got you got you um and definitely we look forward to the official launch and and talking more about the the product and the solution um and also i mean there are there is an upcoming uh, inclusive innovation lab again uh we will keep it
1: yes we'll talk an official
0: announcement uh, in the next couple of weeks so as we are hitting the uh, about the 15 minute mark i just want us to talk a little bit about your startup week dc dc startup week uh, participation if you can just give us a little bit of one <clears throat> your experience too uh in terms of the attendance the participation and what you've learned uh, from that participation
1: so i'll talk about so i did two things one i did a talk on so you want to build a mobile app which is the talk i do on um, helping non-technical entrepreneurs kind of understand what's happening in the web and mobile development world i mean it's the the tech space specifically around technology solutions to build mobile apps and website evolves very quickly. Um, Because of the work we do at Clearly Innovative, I spend a lot of time researching it and trying to identify solutions to, you know, our focus really is on helping folks um, do two things. One, uh, find what's the best technical solution based on a team they have and what they're trying to accomplish. And two, how to do it with as little bit of money as possible and still have a reasonable product on the back end. And so that's what's so, so you want to build a mobile app? That talk was about. The other talk I w- was part of was called um, "Getting a Welcome a Seat at the Table," I think something about a seat at the table. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was really about you know mostly Black and Brown folks, uh, entrepreneurs, and from seat at the table, they're talking about re- mostly raising capital uh, to get their business going. Um, that was an interesting chat. Um, some interesting perspectives around that and and thoughts I had the chat was a combination of some um, African-Americans, black folks from America, and also some uh, folks from Africa uh, Mm -hmm. who are here in DC now and working on their business. I think that, you know, this is a conversation we've had before is that the same way how um, black people are very diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, We had an earlier conversation talking about, um, you know, the experience that someone has who's Caribbean versus someone who's American, Black mm-hmm. American, versus mm-hmm. someone who's from the African continent, um, we all have different journeys and different experiences. And so the one thing that, I, that concerns me a bit is how we're all just getting lumped together, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, kind of recognizing that my experience as a, Black American is different mm-hmm. than someone's experience who's from the African content co- content and then, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then comes here, right? Mm-hmm. And even even if they come here, they go to school there. It's just different, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, part of the challenge that we as Black people say to white folks are that, like, yo, our experience is different than yours,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't try to lump us all together, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, you're white, I'm Black, I've had different experiences just because an African person and I are the same color, or maybe mm-hmm. a lighter shade or a darker shade, don't lump us all together either, right? Mm-hmm. We all, mm-hmm. as, if you even take color away we're all individuals and have gone through individual journeys to get where we are. And, you know, I think that specifically around this time of, you know, Black Lives Matter and trying to be um, more cognizant around diversity and inclusion, let's acknowledge that there is a fair bit of diversity that exists in the black community.
0: Indeed, Indeed. Um,
1: and I think some of these talks and some of these panels, in my opinion, ignore that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because you and I have talked offline about this, Mm. Um, and it's it's a a sensitive issue, and clearly, um, it's a discussion that needs to happen. Mm. I think amongst uh, because what they call us is the Black diaspora, the African diaspora. So African Americans, Africans, and African Caribbeans are all lumped up in that diaspora. And so even from a funding perspective, from a business perspective, it's kind of, and we talked about even how the African reality of investment and so on uh, happens versus here and so on. Mm-hmm. But we won't talk about it here, you know, online, yeah, but that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a different discussion. But uh, indeed, but I think it's, it's an important discussion to have one amongst us Black people. Uh, And two, in terms of when it comes to funding, I think it's another uh, level of, uh, especially one, we we won't mention names of, but one of the uh, main things that we talked about during the uh, DC Startup Week was the fact that, um, so if you want to empower DC businesses uh, and also DC residents and, and, or at least at DMV residents, why would you, uh, go hire somebody outside of the US uh, in order to fulfill jobs uh, or, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know, to kind yeah. of... Um,
1: yeah, I mean... I understand,
0: yeah. No, yeah. go ahead.
1: Please. That, I mean, I, I've, I've, I...
0: Without mentioning names.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, it's like, it, it's to me, it's very similar to, and we discussed this before, you see all these tech companies making huge investments on the African continent.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> huge investments, yeah. and like let's not kid ourselves. They're not doing this because they're like, oh, we care about the black people in Africa, right? It's kind mm-hmm. economics.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: economic mm-hmm. reasons why they're doing those those, those initiatives,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, it's like there are folks here in there are communities here in the United States that could use some of that um, investment. Yes. <laughs> let's say absolutely,
0: um, absolutely.
1: It's it's it's. Uh, I had a conversation with some before and we were talking about this, the heavy emphasis on returning citizens. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had my opinions about that. And my point is that's cool, but there's still other folks who aren't returning citizens that need that investment too. And so it's not like I'm saying, don't invest in support programs for returning citizens. What I'm saying is recognize that there should, it's, it's the exact same way I said, hey, it's great you're giving money to HBCUs, but not every Black person can go to an HBCU,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, mm-hmm. be cognizant of how you're investing your money and what are the outcomes you're looking for and recognize that the same way we just said, you know, there's various shades of Black in various Black communities. There's various experiences that exist inside the Black community. But overall, there are challenges in the whole community that can you support. Mm.
0: Yes, agreed. You know, as someone who largely promotes US investment in Africa, it's kind of a a deeper discussion uh, we can have Um, because, you know, they they do investment in in India and where it has, especially in the tech space, right? Uh, As you heard, there's a few billion dollars of tech dollars that just went to to India um, that could have been used to a certain degree to build the capacity of tech the tech ecosystems yep. here in, in in the U.S. Um, but again, so one one thing I found interesting, uh, not well, not one but almost of it is the, the outcome, right? You said what outcome are companies planning to have when they do these kind of investments? And perhaps so talk about what kind of outcomes they should be looking into for here in the U.S. As we're wrapping up, uh, investors, companies, so. You know, you have a list of companies that are putting 100 million dollars, 50 million dollars into HPCUs and and so on and so forth, and these legacy organizations. But what do you think are their outcome? And if false, if that's not that, if that shouldn't be their outcome, what should be their outcome?
1: I mean, I think at at a minimum, I know at least for the last five years, you've been hearing the statistic about all these jobs in tech that will be here, mm-hmm. but we're simply not generating enough you know, majors in these fields to fill these jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we know this is coming, right? I really, you haven't, it's almost like you would expect to see some kind of big, you know, I I guess in the old, I I hate to say the old days, like (laughs) the New Deal time, there was like a huge government investment, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of get us where we needed to be to move to the next level, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You're not seeing, like, the writing is on the wall, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. We've known for years where we're heading as a company, as a country, and our requirement on technical skills. And you just haven't seen the type of investment that needs to be made to get us there. So mm-hmm. companies are doing what companies do, right? They're yeah. capitalists. Their idea is to make as much money as I can and make as much profit. So if the United States is not going to generate the raw material that I need for success, which is Competent technical resources, I will go get them somewhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah.
1: And so they're mm-hmm. making investments in other places where they believe it's more profitable, profitable, profitable for them um, mm-hmm. to get the access to the technical resources that they need. I was mm-hmm. talking to on the talk I did last week. Someone asked me about, you know, do I think? And this wasn't my words; these are someone else's words. Do I think companies will continue to be run by old white men? And, you know, my response to this, it was a college student, was that, you know, people do what they're incented to do. Right? If they're not incented to change, they're not going to change. It goes back to the fundamental issues of what this country is based on. We are a capitalist society, which is about making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's,
0: yeah yeah, that's the reality of things I mean, how gotta, do we reimagine capitalism that's where the discussion yeah. should be at this how
1: point. do we reimagine capitalism in a way that it's okay to be successful and to make money but we have to acknowledge that you know we still are part of the social fabric here in this country
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And how do you address that at the same time
0: yeah no it's um uh, uh-huh. You know, we, you and I can keep on talking forever, but it, this was an important discussion to have, uh, especially since we haven't had uh, a talk right, for the quite morning. some time. Uh, again, uh, if you can just give us briefly uh, the, the four programs that uh, so in three has.
1: We have the Inclusive Innovation Incubator, which is a physical space, but uh, uh, it holds all our other work. Futures Written in Code is our technology training program. Also, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of content on it. Um, we have in three labs we are working on another in three labs hopefully for the end of the year if things cross. well maybe we can get two yes. going um, we have a, a meetup which is part of our futures written in code which we're also doing next week um, our goal I'm trying to get another futures written in code course going also before the end of the year and then we have our growing glow which we have to figure out what we're gonna do with grow and glow which is focused on women's programming.
0: and it's not just a game
1: and it's not just a game
0: Lovely. Which is about?
1: Which is our focused on um, helping people understand. <laughs> okay. Actually, we should do one. Our next talk should be around. It's not just a game, and talk about kind of the console wars that's happening with the new Sony PlayStation that's coming out and the new Xbox that's coming out and the battle with Apple and Epic about the App Store and gaming. There's a whole bunch. Actually, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening in the gaming industry now. We should touch on.
0: Uh, next Beautiful. Time. Definitely. uh Next week we should uh, definitely tap yep. into it before it gets too old. Okay. Lovely. So, uh where can people find you?
1: uh Everything on social media is in three DC, in three DC dot com, in three DC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then personally me, Erin K Saunders, Erin K Saunders at eric K Saunders at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also on LinkedIn.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, and uh, see you. you next time.
1: Take care. All right. I will pull this, record it, time stamp it, and uh, try to get it up tonight.
0: Beautiful. I'll send you the questions. All right. But we're good to go. Okay. I
1: run see to you, the store go home. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Yep. See you.